Welcome to This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the podcast show number 235, with your host Lauren Gray. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hospitality Marketing in the podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Gray. This is episode number 235, where each week we spend around 20 to 30 minutes sharing the most interesting tools, news, and techniques being used in marketing for the hospitality industry. We also do a quick recap of our weekly live video show, This Week in Hospitality Marketing, which also airs every Friday at 1130 Eastern US. So with that, let's get started. And now, today's new resource tool. So our tool for review this week is one we actually have to contribute to one of our clients bringing to our attention, and that's called userway.org. Now this tool is more of a plug-in. We found more success with putting it into a GTM shell than it is actually doing as a WordPress plugin, but you can do either. It also goes on a variety of other platforms uh, that create websites and so forth. But its great functionality is in its ability to help you with your ADA compliances. As we know, there is no base standard requirements as of yet that says that we are qualified doing everything for ADA compliance, which unfortunately has created a large legal swell of suits and laws and everything else of people chasing you down, trying to sue your business as being uncompliant within the ADA spectrum for your website. Um, As we know that this is an issue, that there is yet to be minimum compliances to it, and it's so easy to fall out of compliance. Um, even just one image without the proper alt tagging uh, can create a problem for that. And of course, um, a lot of these lawyers, uh, legal entities are chasing around and literally making free money by walking in, snapshotting your website, showing that there is no compliance, and then telling you if you don't pay them, then they're going to bring the suit to bear and so forth and so on. And people get scared and they just pay what we can, you know, blood money basically. Um, it's not out of its full intent. I'm sure there are some lawyers out there that are trying to make that a deal that it is to help with the audience for ADA compliance and what have you. Um, but to give you some reasons for some of this that make it very important, they have there's some interesting stats on this website. First off, it's a free plugin, um, which is awesome. And when it, you use it, it uh, puts a little icon and you choose where you want the icon to be on your, your page. Uh, upper corners, mid-range, left or right, what have you. And what it does is when it opens it up, without having to do any additional coding, it creates a few, actually a lot, of things that the, that are very helpful to those that have special needs when it comes to engaging with websites. Um, it creates a keyboard navigation icon. You can use your keyboard to navigate rather than the mouse. It will actually read the page. It can change the contrast within your page. It can highlight the links within the page. It can create bigger text, variations of it. It can increase the text spacing for those who have difficulties with that. It can stop the animations so that people can see it in static form. It, uh, it creates legible fonts. If you're using unclassified fonts or non-regular fonts, it'll standardize the fonts for easier reading. Um, it'll use a cursor functionality and create tooltips as well. It does a lot of very, very cool stuff just as a plugin. Now, as I said, you can get it for free at uh, userway.org. Uh, and place it into your GTM show. It'll give you the code you put in your website and so forth. It also gives you an ADA compliance form that goes to your site so that if somebody wants to understand what you're offering from a compliance requirement of saying, hey, look, this is how you contact us, this is what we do, so forth, it'll actually help you create one for yourself if you don't already have one. And it's critical that you do have one because these are the things that help mitigate when these lawyers chase you down that if you have this on your site you have every effort showing look if you have any problems with navigation here's a direct contact for us here's our ada compliance 
form a page that shows you all the things that we're doing and now you have this widget that pops up and says here we're going to help you navigate our site using this tool in ways that you need it to be used for whether it's increasing contrast changing text and fonts and so forth it does all of that stuff for you so it really helps you help the ada community that needs those kind of functionalities and as a byproduct helps you should you be chased down legally for not being in compliance of something that this is an effort made this is things that you're trying to do to your website to improve your engagement with those that need these kind of services now there's some big numbers to this process um, we'll go over this in a little bit on some other details but right now one out of five people using the website are disabled 8.1 of them are visually impaired 2 million are actually blind 7.6 million are auditorily impaired. One in five suffer seizures and epilepsy, which means physicality of controlling a mouse and so forth. And 19.9 million motor impaired that can't use a mouse. So in the spirit of hospitality, we want to provide service to all those that want our service, that we can help them stay with us and know that we are trying to accommodate their ability to understand what every consumer needs to know about to make a decision on purchasing a hotel room. This goes just to the functionality of the website. This app, this plugin to your website, helps in that process by doing the things we just described, helping with the contrast, the links and the fonts and what have you. That functionality, that engagement, that ability to navigate is really to helping those that need this type of product to work through the sites. Because as we all know with our websites, web developers and so forth, going back to them saying, okay, now I need all these compliance technologies, color contrasts, uh, abilities to create font selections, abilities to space fonts, freeze imagings, uh, highlight uh, hypertext speech readings. Um, it's quite daunting. A lot of companies just look and say, oh my gosh, how much is it going to cost me to do this? So I was really hats off to these people for making this. Now, the white label means that they have in the bottom of this pop open of their app that there is ability to know that it's them and also if you want to donate to them to expand. Now, they've expanded quite quickly and so forth. Uh, you can also, if you would like, uh, pay per month to white label. I think it's $10 a month to white label so that it doesn't go there. Uh, and also you could pay $10 a month if you want to put your own logo in there. Uh, but really, in all honesty, it just putting it onto your site as a means of contributing to ADA usage for your website is a huge benefit. Once again, that is userway, U-S-E-R-W-A-Y dot org. And that is our tool of the week. Now, for this week's hospitality technique. Okay, so our technique this week is a continuation of our conversation. ADA compliance. But more in the tune of ADA compliance and how it benefits your bottom line. Um, having lived through the earlier ADA compliances of people and, 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 and literally lawyers traveling around and, and chasing hotels for accessibility issues and, and, and wheelchair spaces and ADA rooms and so forth, it, it's so stressful for hotel ownerships and management groups and so forth that as they try to fit into how to put lifts beside pools so that people that need, want to enjoy your pool can. Uh, having hallway spaces and rooms that accommodate uh, ADA compliance, but to do so more than just the minimization of it, where uh, unfortunately, say some hotels, their compliance meant that some uh, ADA accesses meant that they had to park behind the hotel to use the ramp at the loading dock to make it into the hotel, which was compliance, but certainly not guest-centric, certainly not helping drive business to you because you're willing to make the physicality changes to your product to accommodate those that need those 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 additions to it and it goes beyond the spectrum of just 
ramps and, and door wide entries and so forth it's it's going and taking not just the desk drawer out of the desk so that a wheelchair can go underneath of it and reducing the usability of the desk but actually getting the furniture to fit it correctly uh not putting the coffee maker on top of the tv on war so that really yes you have a coffee maker but nobody can get to it um making sure that there is rooms that have you know the the visual alarm for smoke rather than just the audible um, and all the compliance to it, but then to bring this to a bottom line level, and this goes back many years uh, when I was attending a conference about special needs travelers, and this goes before social media, to give you some idea how long ago, and I was enthralled with the fact that there was this market of people that needed refrigerators for their insulin, or uh, accessibility requirements to their rooms, visualizations to their rooms, phone types to their rooms, so that they could communicate. And so this, again, even before cell phones were well used. And so I go up to the speaker afterwards and I said, this is wonderful. How can I communicate to your audience that we have these things? And he says, you don't have to. You just simply have to provide it. They'll share it within their communities that you're accommodating them to that degree. And they're not necessarily as rent sensitive. Knowing that you have this available to them, they will share with like-minded people because as a social community, probably before we call social media social media, these social communities would share the fact that XYZ hotels and XYZ locations had this functionality for their needs, that they had mini refrigerators for insulin for those that needed to travel with that consideration, that they had ramps that were in the front of the hotel, not the back of the hotel, to come into the front desk that had a lower front desk before it was a mandated requirement and door entries and visualizations of, of, of alarms and accessibilities for, for um, making sure that people didn't get too put high up in the building because they couldn't come down the stairs and on and on and on. Tailoring that information beyond just the minimum requirements so that you can legally acceptably say you're under the compliance of all these issues, highlighting the fact that you're embracing that community to come to your hotel, that you feel that you've addressed, bring in people that have these needs. One of the things that is of, of high importance these days, going back to the ADA compliant accessibility of your website, is there's a lot of services out there that are offering what's called a live ADA compliance checks. It gets quite expensive, to be honest with you. It used to be affordable until they realized they could make more money because there was more people asking for it. But basically, you're hiring a service that will monthly, with the limitations that, that, uh, that they have, of, of, of navigating a website, check your website the way they use it to see whether or not it is in compliance. Do they find something that doesn't fit for them? Now, there's softwares to do that, uh, that can check your website. And we do that as a, as a monthly log, which is highly recommended you should always do. To make sure that, you know, you're doing this for two benefits. One, to, pr to, to promote what it is that you make sure that your website is compliant with, that you can help those that need to use your website in that way. But also from a legalities that you're following compliance as best as you can. The second addition of that is to make sure that you hire some live ADA tracking, where they monthly will go in and check your website and create a report for you and tell you if there's something that is amiss or wrong that your webmaster needs to correct or adjust for. And these, these programs are constantly evolving and getting more and more refined. But the third is, is that from all of this, Perhaps when you see that you can embrace this type of business and expand its value proposition of offering service to it, that you're really finding a niche within your community that, that makes a distinction between you and others. Now, obviously, as a brand hotel, you're built to accommodate most of these things, but some do it better than others, and some have more opportunity than others. Some, some are refurb buildings from previous brands, and others are new builds that are built to the latest standards of things. Any which way you have, these are highlighted assets that you can promote to these communities 
based on what you feel you can best address. Obviously, if you're soft on what you can accommodate for some and you don't have a lot of those rooms or you don't have a lot of that accommodations, it's not as strong of a highlight. But if you have strong accommodations and scale that you can point out and say, look at all this that we can really accommodate to, make it a part of your market strategy. Make it a part of what you're proud of, that you are addressing to the heart of the servant, hospitality, this type of service to those who need it. So there you are. Our tech this week, ADA compliance and how it benefits your bottom line. Now, this week's hospitality news that you should know. Okay, so for news and show review, we had a fun show. Um, as it always works out, sometimes the fewer the co-hosts, uh, the more active the dialogue. And we were able to tackle a lot of the topics that Mr. Robert Cole together on his newsletter, which he promotes. And if you would like to sign up for Robert Cole's weekly well-curated list that used to go exclusively to just HSMAI board members, you can reach that out at bit.ly, B-I-T L-Y forward slash rock cheetah, all lowercase. And there you can sign up and get his newsletter as we get it relatively late on a Thursday night because he likes to catch the latest of the latest before we do our show in the morning. But well-curated, great content. And this week was no exception. Um, with me was with Mr. Robert Cole with Rock Cheetah and also Lily Mockerman from our uh, TCRM services and Think Up. Uh, she's a revenue management consultant and also a marketing consultant. Um, I thought I noticed a lot from what we were talking about that there was a pretty centric theme to the topics that Robert got that I kind of struck a chord with on the devaluation of, of brand contribution. And I say that because of the list of articles that were kind of presented hinted towards those commonalities to things that were happening within brand that brand just can't solve, that independent hotels have a much greater edge for, or smaller ownership groups have a very good way of adapting to what they're using brand for, more so than brand can do for itself. Before we started that conversation, we did catch an update on the coronavirus. Um, it is affecting traffic, as we all know, that statistically uh, we're showing a massive loss to a lot of uh, not only just the Chinese travel market to the U.S., but also the U.S. to the Chinese market and to the Canadian market. And there's a change of demand, plus also a, a concern in travel that even though it hasn't spread to certain areas to the unfortunate degree it has in China, that it has the potential to dampen travel uh, plans because of the potential of what of the outbreak is because of its uncertainty of, of, of contagion and how fast it goes on. And in Mr. Cole's um, Robert's uh, newsletter, he did point out that we did have two days of diminished expansion. Doesn't mean it wasn't still expanding, but that the numbers weren't larger than the day before. And we were hoping that that was a potential trend that we would like to see that it was uh, on, on the containment side of things, perhaps per, per se. But all things to be concerned with and to be aware of in what we're doing and how it may change your strategies. We'll be having that conversation in next week's show as well. But we did cover a host of content associated to what really brand-wise um, was a, a, a kind of a recognition that we need to always be thinking uh, more strategically, less tactically, when it comes to our short-term interpretations of uh, market swings. And some of the articles that we hit, um, and you can get all of the links to all of the, the topics that I'm referring to here in the show notes of the podcast um, at hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash podcast. Look for show number 235. There you'll have the replayer and also all the show notes and links that we had in the live show as well. Plus also, if you would like to see a re complete replay of the live show, which lasted over two hours, 
as usual. Uh, we have that at hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash live. Again, look for show number 235. There will be the replay of the live show plus a timestamp as to when we talked about what topic and all the links associated with our conversations that we did and did not get to. But some un interesting highlights to my context of how brand has kind of diminished in its potential value proposition. Um, there was an you know, article, do dual banded hotels, branded hotels outperform single branded hotels? And you were hoping for an answer. And all it said is there's not enough data, <laughs> which was an unfortunate because it showed where there was some advantage to the operational costs of sharing brand. There was a loss of value when it comes to the duality of marketing those same two brands. So kind of like, mm, not really, which lends itself to the topic of, well, how much brand contribution can there be? Even if you have multiple brands that you can draw to your single entity, it's still not proving to be a strong benefit to that. Um, one comment I made about one of the articles, which was, ouch, Marriott Hotel category changes for 2020. There was a over the cross board 15% increase in cost of redemption coming up. Now you have until March 7th to book on the old scale, but pretty much uh, only a 7% reduction on some, but there was a 25 or something, 22% uh, increase on others. Anyway, it, it averages out to a 15% increase already on what was increased last year. So I'm sure all of the Starwood um, uh, members uh, are really, really happy that it has come true that having joined Marriott has been a uh, unfortunate decline in the value proposition of their membership relationship from the previous Star Wars, Starwood days. I was talking a little bit about how uh, Consumer Report just popped up with a nearly half of travelers booked through third parties. Now, it lends itself to the conversation that if brand is doing such a great job, why are we still facing these type of numbers? Why isn't that Marriott and its size and diversity and so forth dominating its inventory capabilities and bringing the guests through to them on discovering the hotels that are in market for those people interested in going to it. And we had the discussion that was quite interesting about how their depth of content really is not there um, for their own scalabilities with their hotels and the limitations of what they allow their hotels or the monetization of what they ask their hotels to pay them to create for them has created a very small depth of content. Uh, they're reduced to modules and pages and short-term keywords, which you know keywords aren't even a reflection of what really is how we are discovered anymore. Now with the BERT rollout from Google in October, where it's about the intent of usage of words and so forth. So a lot of modalities are creating where brands just can't sustain their identity as strongly as third parties who have more depth of content. Because let's face it, when you go to the Expedia Hotels and Bookings.com of the world, you have not only the hotel and its rate and dates, but you have what to do while you're in market, other things to think about in market. Oh my gosh, there's opaque packages that you can include flights and hotels and car rentals and maybe create better pricing models for yourself. Where brands just don't have that. They may offer a incentive sponsored discount for car dealers, a car rental or a potential coupon in relationship to using their credit card or an airline credit card in combination with whatever hotel they offer. But the value propositions, as always, are never as strong as the opaque combinations that are created in the third parties, nor the content of destination. And this is a real value opportunity for independent hotels and small ownership groups that have maybe a little bit more lateral content development, maybe it be on social or what have you, where they can explore and expand what it is that they're talking about in the context of what people are looking to discover. 
we've had on conversation both on the podcast and on the live show, this is Google's zero proposition. For those who do not know that, uh, what we're referring to is that little answer box that we see almost on everything now. Google's trying to answer your question based on the query of the search you created without having to drive you to a variety of websites to answer that. So they're hoping that by giving you an answer and variations of that answer, then they in fact are providing the source or the results that you're looking for and you don't have to go exploring elsewhere. That's called Google Zero. Now you can get in there with proper schema, proper content development, and you are the answer to those questions, which makes it very valuable because Google's giving you that space should you earn it well before they ever look down past the paid results into the organic results, which are on a mobile platform, eight pages of scrolling. So it is talking about the fact that we need to address our content value. We need to be an authority in what we are in our market by content, not just by keyword or modules or how we want to try to perceive selling ourselves. So we had a fun conversation about that. Um, we did talk about interesting other things like 12 essential steps to creating a robust digital strategy in 2020. Usually titles like that are clickbait, but in this case, it was a nice fundamental, yes, it's Captain Obvious stuff, but I liked the fact that they highlighted the content development, the need to be an authority for what you're creating and identify whom you're talking to and structure your content related to that, not on how you want to try to sell yourself. So I thought it was an interesting one that. Uh, of course, always we have what's called the boop and the rut row. Uh, the boop, which is the feel good, you know, where you go boop. Um, that's Robert's creation of this. Um, we talked about the 10 best all-inclusive resorts in the Caribbean. Uh, we have to remind ourselves that there's things that are done right and there's beautiful places that do it. And we had a fun uh, talk about some of the ones that were in the Caribbean that did that. And then, of course, we had the rut row which is the unfortunate uh, underbelly of some things that happened in our industry, and that was man uses rodents to scam hotels into offering free stays. I guess somebody had to try to think they were going to try to get away with it, and it te seems that he did it more than just a few times as well. So with that, that was a lot of content. Uh, we talked about influencers, the value of influencers. The one topic I want to bring into our news item for us to discuss on the podcast today was one that I thought was very insightful to what's totally a blind eye to brands. If it is, they certainly have no independent initiative for this that I can see out of any of them. They may have tried to touch on it from time to time, but certainly nothing that shows that they are dedicated to the concept. And that was an article that came from Focuswire, and that was travel suppliers need to be thinking more about second wallets. Now, the article brought up a really neat concept about the fact that people, when booking their travel, see two perspectives to what they're spending. There's the, what we would say, first wallet, which is the, how much is it going to cost me to get there? And how much is it going to cost me to stay there? And for that reason, hotels are part of that engagement. But then there's a second concept of once that's been attained and the concept of how much is to be spent on those, there's a second value proposition of how much do I, can I, do I have to spend on what I want to do while I'm there, eat while I'm there, and have and 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 things about being there and that second wallet concept is a fun one to consider as to how can you interject yourself into that conversation um uh, lily brought up the fact that maybe there's a value process that as people are booking that you give them food and beverage buying opportunities you know spend x but its value is y when you arrive include breakfast your entire stay but then robert concluded that maybe you don't want breakfast every day that you're there so maybe giving them a voucher or value comparatively to or credit that they can use beyond breakfast might be more of a value and that goes into the demographics and the personas that you're talking to some with families really just want to get breakfast out of the way and let's go down to the cow trough and pick up some food and head back to the room 
or romantic or business travelers or so forth might say, you know what, I just want something that I can come back to, grab lunch with, maybe dinner with, chill at the end of what I'm here for. Uh, so there's lots of different ways to approach this. And that second wallet concept, what other values can you give? Can you maybe go to, and this is a benefit of independent hotels, to some of your more predominant businesses around you that you would like to create affiliations with and maybe go in and do a 50-50 split and say, hey, um, I'd like to give a $50 coupon to come to your restaurant. I'll eat $25 of it if you eat the other 25 And everybody that comes in to my hotel, I'll either give it to or they can buy up or I can offer it as a direct channel value. Had huge success with that where food credit's given to direct channel. Of course, you would give it to anybody that walks to your front desk, but they would have to give you some way of communicating with them that's direct, as in their direct email. Or if you're into SMSing, if they're localized market, maybe that as well. But get, that there would be a conversion because it's always said that OTAs and third parties... I'm fine in them driving first-generation business to the hotel. I'm not fine with making it second-generation business because then I failed. Because if I can't communicate while they're at my property, the value proposition of communicating with me directly should they want to return to my property when they come into the market, then I'm not doing my marketing job. I'm not doing my operational job. I'm not doing my sales job. So for that reason, these types of incentives, these second wallet conversations of saying, Please let me communicate with you directly next time. Number one, you're always going to get the best rate guarantee where there's a value proposition to it. Number two, I'm going to tailor what I talk to you about in ways that you want to know about because of being able to silo your data based on the communications. And third, I will always value you to coming back by giving you something in reward for that. Not carrot on a stick like Marriott's increased bonus program <laughs> or points program, but rather a gratification reward saying, you know what, when you come in the door and you're a repeat guest of mine, you did this in a direct channel, I'm going to do this, this, and this. And you're always going to get this, this, and this. This is what creates the loyalty of a loyalty program. This is what creates the, the return percentages of people coming back to your hotel that when they come to your market, you're their choice. And if you can give them reasons to know what's around the hotel so that they feel that they enjoy to the full benefit, they didn't miss you know, the FOMO, the missing of the biggest ball of twine because it was around the corner and you didn't tell them, that only reemphasizes the value proposition of who you are to them for what you are. And there you have it. Remember, you can find us on Google Play, Apple, iTunes, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, on and on and on. Actually, 36 different platforms we are broadcasting on for our podcast. You can even go to Google uh, Assistant and, and say, hey, Google, play Hospitality Podcast and it'll play the latest episode. Or Alexa, even Siri will do that for you. So with that... Uh, if you if this is your first time finding us, please subscribe to us. If it is not your first time, we would sincerely appreciate a comment or review on the platform that you use to follow us on. It helps others to discover this content. And of course, if you have any feedback, comments, suggestions as to what we should be talking about, or would even like to join it as a co-host for an interview with us on the podcast, you can, of course, reach me at lauren at hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com. There I can go over and answer any and all questions, which I do. Um... If for any reason you would like to go over and uh, reach out to us for our live show, you can go to hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash live and also reach me via my email at lauren at hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com. So with that, thank you as always for the privilege of your time. Remember that we do have our live video broadcast every Friday at 1130 Eastern uh, called This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the live show. Next week will be show 236. If you would like to register to watch that show next week, you can go to bit.ly, bit.ly, forward slash HDM show 236. There you'll see the registration. You'll be notified via email or SMS or both if you'd prefer as to the start of the show. We do simulcasts also on Facebook, 
Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, and on lots of different platforms, including a recast for HSMAI APAC and HSMAI European region at 11.30 a.m. Wednesdays at their respective time of Sydney and 11.30 a.m. for APAC and 11.30 a.m. for London for the EU edition as well. With that, thank you again, and we'll talk to you next week. You have been listening to This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the podcast show 235 brought to you by Hospitality Digital Marketing in support of the HSMAI, the Hospitality Sales and Marketing Association International All Rights Reserved Copyright 2020. 